two wins on the road thanks to some connected defense. We wanted to win really bad, and we knew they had to start on the defense end, and then, you know, defense would take care of, you know, offense. Welcome to the Hawks Report, a podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you stories from beyond the score. I'm your host, Lauren Williams, the Hawks beat reporter here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And we've got a really fun show for you guys today. In that sound that you guys heard, that was DeJounte Murray talking about the team's defense leading to some really good offense for them after their win over the Phoenix Suns last Wednesday. But that's not the only thing we're going to talk about. We've got Clint Capella joining us today. And we're going to chat about some of the fun basketball that, and that we've seen from this Hawks team over the last week. So if you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcast. Okay. I know you guys really, really want to hear Clint Capella, so we'll get to him. But first, this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Hey, everyone. As I promised at the top of the show, we will be joined by Clint Capella, the Hawks' very own center, potentially a defensive player of the year candidate. We'll see. I mean, obviously, there's still some time before we figure that out. But Clint, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Doing good. How you doing? Good. We're hanging in there. This has been a really long road trip, but uh, we're talking to you from Denver. That's me, Lauren. You're in NOLA, New Orleans. How's New Orleans? You guys just landed, right? Just landed. So just landed, just got to my room. So haven't got to see anything yet. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty, pretty dope city. Um, our podcast producer, Daniel, actually uh, worked for the Pelicans before he joined us here over in Atlanta. But, you know, we just wanted to kind of come off and, and start talking about the last stretch of games that you guys have had. It's been a tough, tough stretch, right? I mean, you guys were in Utah on, on Friday night, then you played in Denver on Saturday night. Just what is it about that back-to-back that is so difficult? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a challenge. Uh, it's always been a challenge for years to play in Utah and Denver, back-to-back especially. We, we were able to do 50% on those two games, which is a, a result that uh, we're going to take. And uh, we're going to try to, now that we're no longer going to try to get this next one, which is really important to us as well. For sure. I mean, even though that game in Denver did end up in a loss, it was a very competitive matchup, especially in that second half. Just what was working for you guys to kind of get that going and, and make it actually a fight, at least, you know, to the word, the beginning of that fourth quarter? Yeah, we were able to make a lot of shots, being rhythm, playing well. Um, obviously, uh, they were making uh, tough shots as well. They were able to, to create fast break points. Mm-hmm. Um 
they, 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 were, they were having more shots than us and uh, they were creating more shots than us. Playing uh, mm -hmm. also at a great pace, so we weren't able to get this game. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to hard to compete against a guy who's dropping 41 points, you know, 20, 20 yeah, plus yeah. of which were in the first half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big game for him, so for sure, for sure. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, too, before you guys are, you know, at 500 on this road trip, two and two, just what has been the key, though, for you guys in those two wins, the one over Phoenix and then the one over the Jazz on, on Friday night? No, I really feel that we were all being solid in those in those wins. Uh, everybody was doing the job uh, from the defensive end and, and making shots uh, on the defensive end uh, on the offense. Uh, obviously, in Phoenix, we made 19 threes. Mm -hmm. Defensively solid, we win by 41. Uh, that second win in Utah, I really felt that we were also solid, strong, a strong start mm -hmm. by making. Uh, by making stops and uh, being able to, uh, to create that big points and we're able to control this game until the end. Yeah, I mean, prior to this, you know, last stretch, this last these last 15 games or so, what was kind of the difficulty for you guys to be able to produce on the defensive end so inconsistently? Yeah, I think, yeah, some, some nights, uh, like on top of my head, I remember the Clipper game, uh, mm -hmm. doing a lot of traps and I remember they, they made a lot of threes and. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's today in today's league is it's hard to, to to win when when the team makes a lot of threes mm -hmm. uh, I think they had like uh, 19 19 threes mm -hmm. the Clippers so obviously uh, when we had 19 threes against the Phoenix Suns we were we when we won that game yeah so, uh, sometimes it, it just it just depends uh, when the team makes a lot of threes uh, that team really gonna give give itself self a lot of chance to win the game for sure I mean it's as you said it's a it's a very tough league when shots are falling and then they're not falling for you guys so what has been mm -hmm. the key for from you watching them be able to kind of hit these shots over these last few games i mean dj has been going yeah. off uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot from distance what's been working no i mean definitely uh an offensive end dj and uh and trail st phoenix like they were they were off they were orchestra uh, orchestrating the offense really well mm -hmm. i mean just making shots and i feel defensive in those the, the game that we won, I really felt that we were solid defensively. Uh, I think our kids really be able to 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 be solid defensively as a unit and uh, mm -hmm. and offensively. Just we gonna we gonna find ways to score. And uh, but by making stops, we are gonna give ourselves to uh, to give we gonna give ourselves to to get like a momentum, meaning yeah. like be able to get it on fast break, uh, mm -hmm. easy points, uh, get threes, get fouled, get more to the free throw line as well, put more pressure on the defense. And uh, and that's what's been great for us. For sure, I think the other big thing is that you're back, you're healthy, you're at full strength. Just coming off of that Achilles injury, sorry, that calf strain. Just what has been, I guess, the hardest part about finding that chemistry again with Trey and Dejounte and everybody else in that rotation? Yeah, yeah I decided to, make sure to just come back feeling well. Uh, that was my first concern, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, after that, every everything just just came back naturally. It's just about being patient. Uh, just make sure that body feels well, and after that, it's just, it's just like, yeah, it just comes naturally. Uh, yeah. By the speed of the game, by talking on defense, uh, offensively screen and rolling, try to put pressure on the, on the defense on the offensive glass. Uh, mm -hmm. Defensively trying, trying to be a presence in the paint by talking to the guys, uh, defensive rebounding, uh, all those stuff just just come naturally. For sure, and when. 
guys are kind of, or when the opponent, I guess, excuse me, is kind of in their rhythm, right? And and the connection on the defensive end for you guys kind of falls off. The communication falls off. I mean, what do you do to kind of get everybody back involved on that side of the ball? Yeah, no, I really think that uh, the offense really comes from uh, when, whenever you, you get stops and you have your guys being able to, to, to run mm-hmm. and get easy buckets. I feel like that's when everybody gets involved because you have guys that can, they can run, you have guys that can shoot threes and, and you have and, and get on the on the free throw line by putting pressure on the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always so always been working. So uh, by doing that, you can have everybody involved and, and good energy from the bench. Also, uh, whenever we dunk or we make threes, uh, you have all of our bench cheering for for the guys. We mm-hmm. all cheering for each other. So that's that's what we need to do more consistently. Absolutely. And I just wanted to ask you too. You know, speaking of everybody being involved, we've seen Trey. Young being very active on the defensive end, especially in that Utah Jazz game. He, you know, was very alert in terms of trying to make things difficult for Jordan Clarkson. When you were watching that on the court, what just what was going through your mind seeing him be that pesky defender that we know he can be because of that footstep? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, Definitely. When you see your best player playing defense like that, it's definitely contagious on, on the whole team. When you see your best player like playing great defense, great offense, and we win the game, it's contagious. And mm-hmm. that's how they stack up the wins. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully we, we can we can also have that more and more so we can also stack up, uh, get winning streak, and then and just get better as a team. But obviously it was awesome to, to see Trey uh, improve defensively and and like, keep doing his job uh, offensively. And then for you, as far as being able to not only – Bill, have that chemistry that you've always had with Trey since you've been with this team, but also DeJounte, he's new to the rotation this year. I mean, how long do you did you feel like it would take for you guys to kind of build up a little bit of a chemistry together? Yeah, just by, especially the games when uh, he has more the ball sometimes when Trey's not playing, um, mm-hmm. I have to figure it out with DJ how how I can set screens and, and sometimes how he's going to pass me the ball when I'm open. Uh, it's just by by playing, by playing mm-hmm. more and more, by talking to each other uh, on the defensive end. Also, uh, honestly, just by playing together in communication, uh, we I feel that we got better definitely. And shout out to one of my Twitter followers who had a good question on this Ice Pilled at Ice Pilled on Twitter. I'm curious to hear what you have noticed the differences in their games. What are the nuances that you've had to kind of pick up on to kind of be successful when you're playing with each of them, both Trey and Deshante. What are the differences in their game? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Trey's more uh, dynamic and speed, blowing by guys because he's really fast and mm-hmm. and guy uh, usually defense trying to take off, take away his three point shot. Um, and yeah, Dejounte uh, uh, take more his time offensively. Uh, I think he's really trying to read the defense and uh, and make the right choices. Uh, so yeah, it's just definitely two. Uh, Two two guards they, they have the ball a lot, but they, they, they definitely have uh, they definitely uh, how can I say that they definitely uh, attack uh, attack the defense uh, with their with their own with their own strength for sure. For sure. Uh, which is more length and Dejounte uh, length mid range uh, pocket passes and trade more dynamic and shoot threes can attack and mm-hmm. yeah more dynamic. For sure. I mean, one thing you're talking about, kind of the passes, uh, ice pilled on on Twitter. He mentioned that he notices Trey seems to like to 
lob the ball up high for you and John to go get it. Whereas, as you just mentioned, DeJounte just kind of does the pocket passes or the bounce passes. I mean, what, I mean, how do you, I guess, read everything differently so that you're timing everything in the right way so that you can get up and, and dunk the ball? Yeah, no, honestly, I'm just trying to be ready. Uh, whenever they attack the basket or whenever I set the screen and roll, uh, I, I just keep my hands ready, uh, just be there as an, as an option. I was also to have the, all the shooters around with their hands ready for the three-point shot. And, uh, and uh, after that, it just, they, they make that decision uh, wherever they see how they, how they see the defense is. If they see the three, they're going to hit the three-point shooter. If it's me that they see on the pocket, they're going to hit me. And after that, all we have to do is either I dunk the ball hard or, or the three-point shot, just have to, have to take a shot. Yeah. What's your favorite dunk that you've done this season? Or, or I mean, if you have one over your career, uh, what's what's your favorite? There have been a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, usually, I definitely uh, think it was this year. I can't remember which game, but I saw this clip not too long ago. Yeah. Because uh, it was a pass from uh, Trent. I was at the because I was at the elbow. Yeah. And I think, yeah, uh, I was at home. Oh, I need to find that clip again. I think it was against Chicago. I think it was against Chicago at home. Uh, He drove to the basket and uh, passed it to me at the elbow. And I did one dribble. And then then I I took one big step on my two feet and went for the dunk. Yeah. That was the one. That was the one. Yeah, because it's 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 different than the lobs. Like yeah, I get the lobs a, a lot, but I I rather uh, my favorite dunks are always the one that uh, they more like the one that look more original. Uh, yeah, like the, either pocket passes or one dribble dunk or mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you want a chance to put the ball on the floor is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's, those dunks are definitely uh happen less because yeah yeah yeah. So would you rather have a huge block or an energetic or monster dunk? Which would you rather have? Uh, it depends. When, hmm. which time you came for the win? Ooh. Hmm. The win or? Uh, let's see. Maybe maybe you guys are on a huge let's run. Let's say it's for the win. Yeah. I, w- I would like to get a block for the win. I'd rather get a, a block for the win. A black or a steal for the win, yeah. That's what I'd rather have. Because I was going to say, what if you guys are on a huge run, you were down big, and you know this was the chance for you guys to take the lead. Would you rather have the dunk or the block? Oh, if it's to take the lead? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably dunk. Probably dunk. But if, right. if, if, uh, if it's to win the game, mm-hmm. as possession, mmm I'd rather black a shot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who, defensive who has minded. defensive minded for sure? Um, so yeah. you, I know. I mean, you're trying to be defensive player of the year. That makes total sense. So who would you? Who is I guess your favorite block against? Whose shot was one of your favorite blocks or block shots? But this year, I remember I had a good. It was a quick black, but it was against Zion at home. Okay, yeah, I remember yeah. that. That was a good game. That was a yeah, good game. Was, uh, yeah, overtime. of overtime when DJ went yeah. off in the fourth quarter to get you guys back into it yeah. after you like uh, lost that lead a little bit there. But yeah. no, that, that's some really good ones. Oh, you remember 
better than me. I don't know. I don't know that much. <laughs> well, you're playing in it, so I can understand when uh, yeah. you know you're in the moment and you're just thinking sure. next play, next play, next play. So everything kind of yeah. goes out yeah. of your mind. Um, yeah. But speaking of, you know, this has been a very long season, right? 82 games. Um, we're a little bit close through two thirds of the season, I believe. Just how do you guys stay motivated? No, we have goal. Like, obviously, every game is a fight, and we just take one game at a time. Uh, uh, we we don't like. I don't really like look at the big picture and be like, oh, we have all those games. I really take one day at a time, mm-hmm. and one game at a time, because because obviously every game matters, especially at the end of the season when you, uh, for us when you make a run for the the top six. So mm-hmm. I think we just have to take one game at a time one play at a time and uh that's how that's how you that's how you get there we, we don't want to we don't want to skip steps or anything mm-hmm. and that's how that's how you get motivated by trying to to make the less mistakes as you can uh, uh defensively by mm-hmm. making stops and, and offensively trying to always trying to put yourself in the best position to score yeah and i mean this team it, it there's been a lot of ups and downs off the court i mean you guys you know saw travis schlank step back there's been a, a new front office just how have you guys been able to i guess keep your focus on what you need to do on the court yeah but definitely keep doing our job because at the end of the day we just work we just work there so we don't make those decisions right uh, we don't have any impact on these decisions or what's going to mm-hmm. happen or when at what time when something happens, it's just it's news also to us because we're not the one making those decisions. Mm-hmm. So all, all we can do, and it is what we're doing, is just get ready for the next game mm-hmm. and try to win. Yeah, and, and speaking of other decisions that you guys don't really have a ton of control over, unless you're the guys asking for it, but the trade deadline is coming up on Thursday. Just what is the mood in the locker room like right now with everyone? Is you know is there a little bit of anticipation of what might happen, or are you guys just you know taking things as it comes? Yeah, we haven't really been talking about it. Uh, in the locker room is just it's just been pretty pretty much the same. Talk about like the the like yeah all star guys a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean yeah honestly when we're in the locker room we're trying to hype ourselves up for the games yeah. and try to go get this win because mm-hmm. uh, like we know we we have we have we have to we we, we need a couple wins to, to get back where we want to be and and this is this is where uh, most of our focus is on. You mentioned that you guys have been talking about all-star guys just what were the surprises for you guys when when those names came out of who was on those rosters definitely yeah not seeing uh not seeing uh trey who's been playing playing well for us uh Mm -hmm. was was the first shock and uh and uh i mean yeah i think in uh in the west uh, a couple guys deserve uh to be all-star and and, Mm -hmm. and they weren't has that kind of i guess motivated you guys because the last time uh, Trey got left off of an all-star selection. You guys ended up going all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So has that kind of lit a f- little bit more of a fire under you guys to kind of get going and, and take it as far as you can in the postseason? I mean, we definitely know that, yeah, now uh, the, the the main focus is really to, to go get there uh, to this mm-hmm. top six. And we have to be consistent. And yeah. this is where our focus is in right now to... We don't want to win one night and lose the other. Like we want, we really try our best. I know that some people get really like 
of fans actually get really pissed that like yeah. we're so consistent by winning and losing all the time. But that's that we 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 doing our best to to really mm -hmm. uh, get on the winning streak and, and 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 be able to 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 really really be a winning team. I mean, I think of my career. I've always been a winning team, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I really take pride in that. So uh, I would definitely do everything I can to to finish on the uh, with with a, a positive record. For sure. All right, Clint, we've been having a really good conversation so far, but we're going to take a quick break before we continue getting into the meat of what we have to discuss with you today. So this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I just wanted to take this time to, again, thank everyone who has subscribed to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. Now, if you haven't joined our community yet, we have a special deal available for you guys right now. You can get unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's all of our stories on AJC, our terrific e-paper, and all of our newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from the legendary columnist Mark Bradley. That's just 99 cents for the next six months. So to take advantage of this offer, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on so we don't want to talk too long about the serious stuff we want to have a, a lot more fun on this podcast even though i think we've been having fun so far <laughs> um so we've got some superlatives uh so basically it's like the best this best that and um it's about 15 questions you can pick uh one of your teammates up to three times no more than that um but we're going to get into that. So the first superlative we're going to ask you is, who is the funniest on the team? I'm laughing with a lot of guys. I really, You make me realize now. Okay. That's good. Oh, That's a good thing. You're laughing with a lot of people. Between Bogey, Trey, DJ, JC, and, and, and Dre. So I have five guys. You have to <laughs> pick one. You can't have all five. You got to yeah. pick one. <laughs> No, I laugh a lot with Bogey. Bogey, like okay. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. Bogey is a very funny guy. I can agree with that. Uh, who is the best dressed? Uh, this year, there's a lot of time we're wearing joggings. I know. I was going to say, you guys like a lot of the, the sweatsuits or the... I used to dress way more when I was uh, just in before. Mm -hmm. But this team this year... I would say Justin Holiday. 
He's the one who always like dresses up again. Yeah. yeah, I like that. There actually there was a funny one where both Jalen Johnson and Aaron Holiday showed up in yellow sweatsuits. Oh. Like they both had on yellow. It was it it was on the Hawks's uh Instagram. I actually thought it was funny. I was like, did they plan that? But no, Justin Justin Holiday is a good one. Um my vote would have been bogey. I like I bogey style. Yeah. Yeah. It's very I, I simple. Like yesterday and uh, Denver. Yeah. Yeah, you have this uh, cashmere shirt. I really liked mm-hmm. it. It's really, really classy. Yeah. Okay. So in a similar vein, who has the best shoe game? And you have guys either they always wear Adidas or either or they yeah. always wear Nike. <laughs> 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 so not like a lot of variety. But, not a lot uh, of variety. Shoe game, let me think. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, yeah, that's, that's can- a tough one. You can pick huh? yourself if you want to. It sounds like you want yeah, to pick yourself. Yeah, obviously me with like different type of shoes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay if you want to pick yourself. You can do that. I'll pick All myself right. with it. <laughs> uh, who's the best dancer? Me. Okay. Yeah, really? I'm the only one I'd... in the locker room. <laughs> You're the only one in the locker room who dances? What's your go-to move then? No, I, I listen to Afro beats. I listen yeah. to... U.S. hip hop. I listen to to Elgo vibes cartel, Jamaican. Yes. Elgo. Uh. <laughs> I listen to everything. I listen to UK drill. I, yeah. Yeah. French. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't see a lot of guys with like as much as dance moves me. Yeah. So it sounds like you're answering the next question then, which is the best taste in music. So you're also gonna pick yourself. Is that? Yeah, yeah because I, I don't see a lot of guys with a lot of variety in their music. Mm. So, it's... <laughs> so it's always like hip hop. It's always like yeah. Future and, and Migos and Lil Baby and yeah, all that. For the guys, it sounds the same, but it's yeah. basically the same, same type of yeah lyrics or stories. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I'm thinking back on practice and there's a lot of Lil Baby. Um, yeah. Let's see. Who has yeah, only the, me when I only me in practice when I put the the whiskey out. The Afro, yeah, we like the Afrobeats <laughs> one for sure. Uh, who has the best car? DJ. Hmm. Yes, red Lamborghini. Wow! Oh my god. <laughs> a red. Yeah. Oh, yes. to be in. Red. Oh, to have a red, red Lamborghini. Red. Oof. Fire. Wow. Gotta see it. Yeah. So when are we gonna for... see you with a a Lamborghini? No, I had, I had it, I had it last year, but I sold it. You sold so, your Lambo? Why? Yeah, yeah, I was, you know, I still have, I mean, I still have my Rolls Royce, but uh, I had, I had a little, a nice, a nice little rotation. And, okay. Like two years ago, but I, I slowed down a little bit. You slowed down, <laughs> so you're down to like what yeah. two now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a Rolls Royce and like a Maybach. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, okay. that's nice but the best car on the team definitely uh, definitely dj okay yeah. all right who's the most athletic jc jc oh jc and, and Jalen. yeah okay but i, I, I would go oh, man. that's tough when Jalen go fast break his head is at the rim but yeah. jc can really do some athletic stuff too like you see it in the warm-up like it's yeah. crazy yeah like, for sure really know that so it's, it's two different type of athleticism but definitely those two Okay. You want you have to, I have to pick one or just two? No, I'll, I'll I I can I'll I'll accept those two. Well, yeah. yeah. 
I've seen it. I've seen both, but I was curious who you would pick yeah. if there was going to be like a sleeper that we didn't know about. But yeah, JC and Jalen are, are definitely yeah, up there. Okay, so this one is a little bit, I don't know, but who is most likely on the team to lose their headphones? It's random, I know, but throwing it out there. We're trying to get to know the team through your eyes. Right. Trey. Right, Trey, yeah, Trey. Trey is the most likely yeah. to lose his headphones? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's yes. surprising. That's him sometimes with the, you know, the old earphones with the cord. Yeah. That's you know he <laughs> lost his AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes okay. Sometimes he would leave it on the bus or he would, he would uh, come come down to the bus to go to the game, but yeah. he got his we got his headphones uh, in, uh, in his room, hotel room. Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's funny. Uh, who has the messiest team locker? I would say probably Onyeka. Onyeka? Really? <laughs> Our Niger boy has a messy uh, locker? No way. Yeah, he got to do a better job than that, yeah. No. Okay. Who... Who on the team would most likely survive a zombie attack? Like the Last of Us show? Yeah. Like, yeah. Last of Us, Walking Dead, World War Z, yeah. Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. Actually, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Who on this team would you... Go ahead, no. Say what you're going to say. No, definitely, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, definitely him, and that's definitely a kind of question. For Frank. That makes me think of him, yeah. Why? Is it just that he hunts or, like, he, like, what? I mean, he's that type of guy with those random questions. He's yeah. the type of guy that I, that I could see, like, being this, like, walking dead. <laughs> last of us. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not su- <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, so who on the team would you most likely be okay with being trapped on a desert island with? Bogey. Bogey. Yeah. Solid choice. Solid choice. Okay. Who on this team do you see becoming an NBA head coach? Justin Holiday. I would have said DJ, but Justin Holiday is a good one. You don't see DJ DJ becoming? Yes. He could could do it? Yeah. DJ could do it, yeah, for sure. Those are solid ones, Justin and DJ. Uh, And then... And then if they weren't in the NBA, who would be the best president of the U.S., of the United States? Of the, in the team? Yeah, on this team. Who would be the, if they weren't in the NBA, who would be president of the U.S.? Either Frank Kaminsky or, I want to say DJ. Really? DJ could yeah. be president? I like the Frank Kaminsky answer, too. But DJ is president? That would good be. Interact. Yeah. Yeah, as, yeah uh, that would be, that'd be a good one. No, the way he talks to, like the connection with the other players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Def, yeah, DJ too. Oh yeah. yeah. I think DJ will be my first pick. DJ's your first pick for president? Yeah. Okay. You heard it first. DJ for president 2028. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, after his career. After his career. So, after his like, career. Like 15 years. Uh, yeah, 2038. 2038. 20, you heard it first. Vote for DJ for president. And then uh, the last one, who can you see, like, when their career is done? Who on this team would be an actor? Who on this team would... You know, like, how Shaq did some movies here and there. Who on this team could be? Uh, I would see myself 
Yourself? All right. You heard it here first. Clint's going to become an actor. Clint for Hollywood. (laughs) And then uh, bonus question. Let's go. All right. I'm ready for it. Just make sure to invite me to the premiere of your first movie. All right. Don't forget me when you're even more famous. (laughs) Um, And then what's your favorite NBA city? I like Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. All right. Good food. Good weather. All right. Yeah, the weather's always nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, people were like, why you didn't pick uh, Los Angeles, Miami? Well, or New York. Yeah. Actually. No, no, Phoenix, because I'm more, I like the weather. Yeah. The weather? Oh, you know, it gets really yeah. hot there in the summer, though. Yeah, that's why I'm going over. I would, yeah, not be there in the summer, but. You still be there around. in the summer? Yeah. No, no, I'll go somewhere <laughs> else, but year round. Oh, like, okay. It sounds like this cold road trip, like yeah. Phoenix was sweet. Oh, so nice. Oh, well, Phoenix, I was like, oh, yes, thank you. It was Lord. so good. Well, it's nice and warm in NOLA now, though, too. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, can, I can get on board with Phoenix, but. We appreciate you stopping by and dropping all of those gems. Thanks for joining the Hawks Report. Appreciate you, Clint. Thank you for having me, Lauren. Now we're going to go ahead and look ahead at what the Hawks have coming up. So to do that, we're going to bring trusty, handy-dandy Hawks Report producer Daniel Salerson back into our conversation. Daniel, we're happy to have you as always. I appreciate you having me. I really enjoyed that conversation with Clint. That was a good way to start the podcast. Great way to start the podcast and hopefully a great way to start your day if you you know, are listening to it on your morning commute. If not, hopefully it was an enjoyable listen whenever you guys are listening to it today or just in general. Um, so again, we're going to go ahead and look a- ahead at what the Hawks have got ahead of them. I'm going to stop saying that word now, but... You know, we definitely want to see this team, as Clint just mentioned as well, getting on a nice streak. I mean, they're currently eighth in the Eastern Conference. They're one game behind the New York Knicks, two games behind the Miami Heat for sixth. And of course, they want to be a playoff team and not a play-in team. So, Daniel, I think this road trip, you know, those games against the Phoenix Suns, as well as the the Utah Jazz, I feel like that was a really good indicator of what this team can be. We saw them put the hammer down on the Suns. Of course, they were missing, you know, several key role players. And we'll get a chance to see what they actually look like maybe with, with Devin Booker back in the rotation. I mean, ESPN reported that he was going to make his return at some point in the next few games. So that will be a little bit more of a test for this team on Thursday coming out of the trade deadline, whether they had made a move or they they hadn't made a move. Of course, they're, you're not going to see the players that they they traded for play on that game in that game on on Thursday, February 9th. But you know, if if they've kept the key pieces um, you know, people that we think may be players that might be valuable assets to teams who are a little bit more solidified in the standings, whether that's in the Eastern or Western Conference, you know, maybe we'll see some rotational changes if a guy like John Collins has been traded away or, you know, whoever else. So it's it's going to be really important for them to come out of this this last road trip or this last game against the Pelicans, you know, hot. 
Yeah, absolutely. And look, we talked about how important this road trip had to be for the Pel- for the Hawks, I should say, um, in our last podcast. And, and look, I thought the Blazers game was a very winnable game. They probably should be 3-1 and one right now. So good that they got that Utah win because that's back-to-back, as we've all talked about, is probably the toughest to do in the NBA. So the fact that you got Friday and gave yourself a little bit of cushion that allowed Saturday to happen, even though like they were in the game for a lot of it until I think they just ran out of gas at the end of that fourth quarter. But they've been playing some good basketball. I think that's been a really good sign for this team. But now you don't know whether what team's going to be there on Thursday. I think that's really kind of the hard thing about this because I thought maybe this would maybe help Landry Fields a little bit as far as what direction they might go in or if he's already made up his mind anyways as far as who may go, who may stay. Because if you had a really good road trip, then you think, all right, as this team turn the corner and that maybe if they decide to ride with this team and even keep John Collins that they can get back into this thing and then evaluate things in the summer or do you still try to figure out what you do with some of your pieces and um, roll the dice on some trades potentially before Thursday so I don't think we've learned much more about what he might do because the fact that you are two and two heading into that last game but this is a big week for them as you mentioned because the Pelicans um, just snapped their 10-game losing streak against the Lakers. They're on a back-to-back as we record this against Sacramento, and then we'll play the Hawks on, on Tuesday. They're a team that is dealing with the Brandon Ingram injury still as far as that big toe injury lingering. They will not have Zion Williams on Tuesday. A very winnable game for the Hawks to end the road trip. And the fact that they're getting two days in between, usually at the very end of a road trip, the t- teams are either ready to get home and they play really bad or they're motivated because they want to end the road trip on a good note. I feel like the Hawks are going to be trying to do that with the importance of them going into that game two and two on the road trip. And then you have Thursday. You don't know what's going to happen against Phoenix based on what both teams might do at the trade deadline. And then you welcome in the San Antonio Spurs as part of the rodeo road trip at the end of the week. It could be a very big week for the Hawks as far as getting into that sixth spot, which is the goal for this team. So um, I was pretty pleased with how things went. And it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the next week. Obviously, the Kyrie Irving news kind of rocked the NBA world on Sunday. And so with that being one of the biggest trades already, and we haven't even gotten to uh, Wednesday and Thursday yet, I think this is going to be as active as we've all anticipated it to be. I mean, that's the that's the goal. You want to see some pieces moving around. I, I think... You know, as we record this on on Sunday afternoon, you know, going into the week of the trade deadline, we've seen some good things from this Hawks team's second unit, which to me at the beginning of the season, because of the injuries that had piled up, had been so inconsistent and we're finally seeing a little bit more consistency. But I would still love to see this team add maybe one more key rotational bench piece who, how, who, how that may be. I have no idea how they make that work, but uh, we've seen some really good things from Onyeka Okongu um, as of late. Unfortunately, when they played the Nuggets on Saturday, he was running into a little bit of foul trouble, but he was playing Jokic so well. He was defending Jokic so well. And if I'd been Nate McMillan, I would have let him, you know, roll for a little bit longer. He didn't want to come out. You can tell he did not want to come out. Especially since that unit of him and Jalen and um, I believe it was Bogey, AJ, and I'm blanking on the fifth right now, but they'd gotten that game within eight and they'd been hanging around 
you know, single double digits for a good five minutes toward the end of the, the third quarter there and then the beginning of the fourth. So I, I if I'd been Nate, I would have let him, you know, roll just for a little bit longer, give Clint a little bit, a little bit more rest maybe, uh, or maybe even... Let the young guys yeah. roll around a little bit on the back-to-back. They, they can afford yeah. the, the heavier legs more than some of the exactly. veterans. Um, or if anything, you know, bring Clint back in for for maybe a good two, three-minute stretch just to give Onyeka a quick blow and then put him back in the game just because he was just doing so well. Of course, it was Jamal Murray who kind of closed out the game for them, but still, just the what they were doing was 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 great. So... Would love to see that again, but I, I I would love to see just maybe one more piece on the bench that could could bolster things, especially if they have to shift things around. Whether you know Trey goes out, Dejounte goes out, whoever is injured or or on a rest day from load management, whatever it is, I do think they need that one key key uh, bench piece. And and in my opinion, I think it should. I still stand by. It. I still think it should be a big, just especially because we've seen situations where. You know, John Collins runs into some foul trouble. Uh, Onyeka runs into f- some foul trouble. Uh, maybe even DeAndre runs into some foul trouble. And those are three of your big guys. And so with a team that, you know, often plays small ball, y- you definitely want to see a little bit more size up front. And and hopefully whoever they bring in is somebody who can knock some shots down as well. Yeah. And I think that's kind of depending on what direction Landry goes, if they are more adding pieces, let's say it's in a John Collins trade. Is it more looking towards the future with picks coming back or players assets coming back? Or is it guys that can contribute now and get them over the hump into a top six and see what, what happens? I think that's really what's going to come down to, because if you have, if you're getting development players in a deal, then maybe you don't get that depth that you really want, as you, you mentioned. And I agree, rim protection certainly something, and then shooting, which I think every NBA team is going to ask for at the deadline. If you're buyers, is try to get some more shooting. Even though they've seen spurts, we saw what they can do with, with 19 threes against Phoenix, but we've also seen nights against Denver that... You, Where they, they get, get burned 19 yeah, threes or... They can't shoot as well. Or as you just mentioned, yeah, Denver. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, I I agree. They need some depth, but the key is going to be if you're getting players back in a trade for this purpose, or if it's, hey, we're going to bring in some guys to see how they do their expiring contracts, and we're just going to see how this plays out and then reevaluate at the end of the year. Yeah, that's that's kind of where, and especially because of, you know, the continued reporting about or the reports that we've heard over the 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 course of the season about them wanting to stay under the luxury tax and um yeah you know whatever they do i'm sure that's kind of at the forefront of the mind as well is just making sure that um they don't go into the luxury tax so you know what's gonna be interesting is uh real quick lauren is the Mm -hmm. fact that you know the hawks and pelicans have been linked it seems like in rumors a bunch for john collins especially mm-hmm. with, with Zion, you know, the injury situation. But it seems like every time I read some, it's like the Pelicans have been interested. The maybe maybe Tuesday is kind of a scouting report on, on mm. what these two teams can do, maybe. Or if, if, do we see John Collins sit out against the Pelicans? Yeah. Maybe. Because they have two- already made a decision? Yeah. And then again, this is no 
me knowing anything or I'm not going yeah. woge or shams on you. It's more <laughs> of, you know, I, I'm sure you do too. You read the rumors and the hoop hype and all that stuff. And it just yeah. seems like the last couple of weeks, you know, one of the teams interested or at least has breached out to Atlanta has been the Pelicans with John Collins because they could always use some front court depth. So Absolutely. I wonder if, it, I wonder if the, those two teams are, while while they're there, maybe they can sit down and have a conversation. Um, and, you know, as we're, as this show has been released on game day here and, and see what yeah. happens. But I think uh, one, the Kyrie Irving thing is a domino effect too, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people now are thinking Brooklyn's done for the year. Do they yeah. go ahead and trade KD? Is KD going to want to be out? And so this is going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Fun, it's going to be a fun week. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really fun. I mean, stressful, not for us. So we get to talk about it no matter what, but yeah. um, I, 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 feel like a flurry of activities uh, about to come our way let's see let's let's let the let the the, the chips fall away fall where they may let the chips fall where exactly. they may but again thank you guys for listening to us each and every week um you know we were so happy to have clint capella join us uh on this week's episode and you know it's always a goal of mine to have players on here and i know you guys do enjoy listening to daniel and i babble about hawks basketball but we know you guys want to hear from the guys themselves and so that's a goal we're going to keep trying to get uh players on we just have to roll with their schedules but uh we're going to have a very special episode um, that we'll tape on Thursday, the day of the trade deadline, that will go live on Friday. So make sure that you guys are keeping your ears out for that. Um, we're going to talk about what they did do or what they didn't do and you know, break that down with our very own Gabe Burns, um, our sports features writer. So make sure you guys check on that. Um, until then... I'm Lauren Williams. I'm joined, as usual, by our trusty handy-dandy podcast producer, Daniel Salerson. And this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 